and no one wants to experience someone else's fear. <laughs> you want to hear about my dreams? <laughs> no, I don't care. This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. <laughs> Today, we're going to be delving into putting your work out there mm. and the forms that it can take, what it can mean, why you're doing it. A lot of stuff that's always, you know, nothing's ever as simple as it seems. Yes, I'm just going to put my work out there. Like, well, why are you putting your work out there? What are you hoping yes. to accomplish by putting your work out there? Who are you putting it out there to? Ooh. What are you hoping to get in return? Or any of that kind of stuff. Ah, and you could even go super deep talk about what is the purpose of art? And if art is a form of communication, yeah. then if someone creates art in a forest alone and never shares it, is it still art? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think if you go back to our whole premise that ultimately it should be for you first, then the answer is, yeah, it is art. So it's a form of communication with yourself and potentially and also with, with other people. Yeah. yeah. And so thinking about some of the forms of, you know, like I share my work with you um, in some ways, probably because it's a safe space. You know, I know that you support what I do. You're not a fellow writer in the same sense, you know, you write, but you're not writing novels. So it's not like uh, there's any kind of weird competition that we're bringing to that dynamic. So that's nice. And so I share it with you mostly to get like a, an impression. Was it interesting? Did you find it engaging? Did you put it down? You know, that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not asking notes about structure or anything, just impressions. And that's, that's kind of nice because for me, it's, a, it's sort of a guidepost. Like, okay, you know, I'm either hitting the mark to some degree or I'm way off. Or it's not a subject matter that would maybe resonate with you if, it's, if you're not enjoying it, you know, right. that kind of thing. And it's interesting, too, since you write in a genre that I haven't typically been interested in. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and you're bringing me around. Absolutely. Don't be fooled, You're folks. the bridge. <laughs> I'm the gateway drug <laughs> to science fiction and fantasy. And this. No. So there's that kind of sharing, right? Um, and I think we, one of the reasons we do share our work in that sense is because we, especially if we toil for a long time, we just want some sort of indication that we're heading in the right direction outside of our own perception. Because of course, when you're working, I mean, sometimes you get lost, but if you're working with intention, you probably think you're working in, the, in a certain direction. But if you don't have anyone to bounce stuff off of, then it's like, oh man, I, I, yeah, this is awesome. And then you put it out there and someone's like, I, I don't even know what you're trying to do. Or, oh, I, yeah, you were writing this book about elephants and circuses, right? It's like, well, no, it was about a spaceship and there was a planet and, you know, like, or you're just totally way off. Yeah. It's really surprising how often I'm working on something and looking at it a lot, and I know what it's about. I know what the shapes and stuff are, and then I show it to you or, or to, you know, text it to somebody or something, and they're like, what is that shape right there? To me, it's so obviously right. legs, but it's just, it's become one mass, and I have stopped seeing it as others would see sure. it because I know. Which is interesting. It kind of goes like, so when you think about sharing for that sort of initial feedback on something we talked about last week, the idea of having all these ideas in your head. And because we know the context of those ideas, 
the maybe impressionistic thing on paper, whether it's visual or written, makes sense to us. But by putting it out there, you get some feedback that like, well, yeah, I don't know what I'm looking at. And for visual art, it's, a, it's always a different thing for me because I always feel like there should be things that I don't understand when I first look at it. And then the more I look at it, or if I read something about it, then it's like, oh, oh, that's cool. And once you know that, that bit of context, it really helps yeah. for people to, uh, to appreciate it more. Yeah. I'm also having a moment, like as we were just talking about that, on sort of a broader scope of sharing anything, whether it's a creative piece of work, but also even ideas with each other mm, that yeah. we have a certain context that we're bringing to everything we think about and we put it out there. And this is, I think, why it's so important for us to get back to having real conversations with people, you know, with our yeah. neighbors. So Just that face because, to face. yeah, exactly. Because we're, you know, as a nation divided, we're not understanding each other at all. We're talking right over each other and, and not understanding each other's yeah. context. And so as we were just talking about sharing work, it's like, oh, anytime you share anything. <laughs> That's right. You know, so I love that whole idea of listening to someone for, under, listen for understanding. Yeah. And then, you know, you can share your reactions, but. It's, it's fascinating when you talk about that, because even when you're in a room, I, you know, in a previous life, I worked in environmental documents. Anyway, we'd get together with these stakeholders for these projects and you'd have, you know, 15, 20 people in a room. And even face to face, you still talk at cross purposes because people have. So as much as it's hard to even get that in a personal context, when you remove that actual contact, it makes it even more, you know, and then, yeah. you know, we've, We've all kind of probably come across points in our lives where we've read emails and we read into it, we get texts and we read into it. We have no idea. And, we, and a lot of times we assume the worst and all that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I know, I think that's just a really interesting point. Um, and I think it, it goes nicely with the idea that when, like, when you put your stuff out there in a, uh, really in any sense, like understanding why you're putting it out there really helps with dealing with what comes back to you, mm. right? So for you with your art and you put a painting out there and you know the shapes and the people looking at it may not, it's easier for you to go, well, I like that ambiguity for the viewer initially, or, oh, I really wanted people to be able to recognize that shape immediately. So that gives you something to work with. But if you know kind of what you want out of that work, that can make it easier to take that information that you're getting and either assimilate it into your work or go, no, that's not really... That, I appreciate that, and that's not a bad comment, but it doesn't help what I'm trying to accomplish with right, my work yeah. here. And so thinking about those different levels, so there's sort of that casual level of like, hey, I, did, I made this thing, check it out. And then there's the critique level, right, where mm. you actually give your work to other people to really study it and then provide constructive <laughs> critical feedback. Um, Which that, is an art form in itself. It's true. It's true. And that's a, another form of sharing, right? like being able to share your opinions of somebody's work in a way that doesn't totally demoralize them and is helpful because yeah. that's, that's really why we, we all do that is because we want information that's going to help us make our artwork better. And again, I would say that if you go into that, knowing what you were trying to do with that piece that you're submitting for critique, it makes it easier to take that feedback from the critique and know what's going to be useful and know what's not going to be useful. 
because you can't you can't take all that information and assimilate it all into your work because a lot of times it'll be at cross purposes, right? Where somebody's like, "Well, I didn't like this," and someone's like, "I love that." Exactly. And so yeah. you're like, "Okay, well, clearly then that's not really the problem." But if five people are like, "Yeah, you really need to ditch the snarky AI in your novel, for example," <laughs> or or the mutant that's fish. oddly specific. <laughs> Yeah. And so the last critique I did with my novel, it was the first time I'd ever gotten like a couple chunks of feedback where everyone was on the same page. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that's clearly an issue. And I've always, always heard about that, but never had the, uh, oh. the pleasure of receiving it and going, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's see what happens when we follow that advice. And that's the other thing too, right? Like when you get that feedback, you don't have to, like you can try stuff, but it doesn't mean that has to be your final path. In fact, that's how the AI got in my novel in the first place <laughs> was because someone suggested, I was like, that sounds really cool. And I tried to work it, tried to work it. And, and it just, I, it just wasn't happening. And, and as I'm reading through it again, I'm like, yeah, this, this doesn't change the story at all. Like there, there are other ways to accomplish the exact same thing that this AI is accomplishing. And anyway, just, just fascinating stuff. So, so I got feedback about stuff I did as a result of feedback. And, <laughs> but but uh, my, my point was that you can try stuff and it's not, that doesn't have to be the end product. If you take someone's feedback and you try and implement it and it doesn't work, there might be like a fear of disappointing that right, person yeah. or whatever, but it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I like where I'd be more than happy to be like, yeah, I tried it. I thought it was a great idea, but it just wasn't right for this particular Yeah. Thing. And that's the beautiful benefit of the experience of actually staying at it, you know, keep keep doing whatever you're doing because yeah. I early in my process definitely was even more subject to people's whims. So if somebody said something, then I would completely go, oh, well, they must be right. And I right. must be wrong. Or I don't know anything. I, I must be just here. I'm unmolded clay. Right. Tell me what to do. Because, yeah, exactly. you know, we and grow some up. some of us want that. Yeah. I'll say we grow up. I mean, we're kind of conditioned like to be follow instructions, know how, yes. here are the rules, here's how it all works. And creative practice is really not that. I mean, there are foundations. I wouldn't say there are rules, but there are guidelines. The more you get into it, then you have the opportunity to veer away from them knowing that they exist versus just being like, ah, floating in the ether. <laughs> yeah. So there's the, the critique stuff, there's the sharing casually, like say on Instagram, and you'd mentioned in the last episode about, was it Picasso said, you know, when you put your stuff out there, if someone likes it, then you're stuck. If they don't like it, then you're stuck. And, and while that's not necessarily always true, it's an interesting thing to keep in mind, again, and if, if you know what you're hoping to get out of that critique. And with, with the novel writing, it's great because when we do them, it's like, here's, hey, critiquers. This is what I want you to focus on. And so that's what I got the feedback on because I know that like the prose at this point isn't super polished and, you know, I'm just trying to get the storyline and the ideas down and see, seeing if those things work. Um, I th imagine visual art is a little bit different. When you submit your a visual piece to a group, yeah. do you give them instructions on what you're hoping? One group that I was part of that I really loved, and I've mentioned her before, Lisa Call, she does all these classes that I did this neat um, nine-month kind of intensive uh, online thing with this group of people. And what we would do before every meeting would be fill out a whole form about what you feel the strengths of the piece are, what you feel like you could do better, what you specifically would like to know about what people are experiencing when they're looking at it. 
And so doing a little bit of that legwork beforehand was super helpful. And I don't often do that. Like usually I just share like on Instagram in a spontaneous moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't make a specific ask. Sometimes, you know, with my art group, we'll text a picture and say, hey, I'm, you know, I have this drawing that I've done and I'm adding color or whatever. What do you think? But yeah, specifically asking, for some reason, I was just within the confines of that group. I always did that, but then I don't once it's not part of the instruction. So the Instagram thing is interesting too. Like when you put stuff out there, what is your, what are you hoping to get? Is it, is it like just a little ego boost? You know, you're not really soliciting critiques at that point, but it's a different form of sharing, right? And it's kind of, kind of goes back to like me having you read my novels. Like, well, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. As opposed to like, well, what happened in chapter seven, you know, was there? Yeah. Because sometimes you're just there doing your thing by yourself for long enough and then you go, hey, you know, I need a little interaction or a little whatever here. So I'm just going to throw this out there. And I tell myself every time, I'm just throwing it out there. Doesn't matter how many likes. Yeah. <laughs> but please, who are we kidding? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all performative uh, sharing. It's interesting. The, idea that if you do get feedback, then what do you do with that? Since you're not really asking for, you're just putting it out there to show people. Because usually I'm guessing anytime I I would share stuff on social media, it would just be because I was excited about it, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, this man, I'm pretty stoked on this passage. So I'm going to share, and this was probably 10 years ago when I did a lot more of that. And Or um, I think people would like it. Like you're trying to share something of value. Yeah. No, no. Right. Just in, in and of itself, you're not looking for feedback necessarily, right. but except for those likes, <laughs> which, is, which is just fascinating, again, because if that's what you wind up focusing all of your attention on, then you're not really ultimately focusing on the practice itself. You're focusing on the, a meta result, essentially, of the practice. Like, well, here's my stuff. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I can see how it could be addictive, right? Yes. Where it's like, oh, I, I want to get 100 likes on this thing or whatever. And it's like... <laughs> Uh, and it's also not always very informative because I, yeah. I've talked about this with artist friends before. Some of the things we love so much as artists do not have popular support necessarily, depending. I mean, and, and everything depends on when you put it out there and how you put it out there, whatever. But, but I was thinking that, you know, I've talked to artists before about, gosh, I love this piece and I hardly got any likes. Nobody really engaged. Nobody's bought it at shows. And then other pieces, I'm just like, eh, I'll put this in there. Why not? And then everyone's like, I love that piece. And like, wow, really? That's interesting because once you do release, once you share, especially a finished product, like the critique thing is one thing, but once you put a finished product out there, the idea that it's no longer yours or people get to interpret it to be whatever they think and it's just a fascinating dynamic that you have to be okay with if you're putting your stuff out there. Yeah. You know, there are anecdotes of authors who will, you know, maybe go to book signings or run into fans and the fan will be like, oh my gosh, you know, I love that you did a this, 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 and this in that book. It just really spoke to me. And they're like, that's fantastic. But in their mind, they're like, that wasn't the intent at all. But it's just like we bring our emotional ball of twine to the making of the art. People bring it to the consuming of the yeah. art too. And that's, that's really fascinating. I think we've probably all done it too. Like song lyrics, you're like, oh my God, that's this thing. And it's so amazing. And then you read the story of the song like, oh, well, that kind of ruined it for me because this was, it, I, I made it personal for me, but the songwriter's intent totally yeah. was not that. I have a friend who will never listen to 
any author talking about their book because for her it ruins it the experience to That's hear right. what the author has to say about it or if the author turns out to be a dullard or a you know a <laughs> jerk ass, or something yeah. yeah exactly then it wrecks the experience again going back to all this you know thinking about the uh, you know going back to your why but i do think it is important that if you put stuff out there that maybe you lay some ground rules for yourself so that like again if you put something on instagram you're like oh i'm just putting it out there and people like it that's great I'm not looking for feedback. And if someone says, oh, you know, just leave it like it is. If, if it's a work in progress, I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I'd love that they love it, but I'm not going to keep it like it is because that's not how I want it to be. Just kind of having an idea of what you want your particular work to be doing. The reason I think that's important is because it, it really helps you also go back to your why for that particular work. Yeah, getting back to that spark of why did I start this in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or yeah, how come I don't feel the same way I did before? You know, last week we talked about, you know, how to know if a work is finished and trying to figure out if it's underbaked and that kind of thing. And I think one of the things in our excitement to share is that we put stuff out there too early. Mm, and then the green bananas. The green banana. And then you're <laughs> devastated potentially by the feedback you get because I think a perfect example would be a first draft. Write a first draft, you're like, oh my God, I got this done. It's amazing that I got it done, like that alone. <laughs> yeah. And you want to share it, but it's really just so unfinished that no one's going to enjoy it because... You have it, to you wade know, through, yeah. Yeah, it's, I always feel like the first draft is sort of like a fever dream, and no one wants to experience someone else's fever <laughs> Do you want to hear about my dreams? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. Yeah, we have a friend who... That's, that's their response when someone... Yeah. Let me tell you about this dream I had. No, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the flip side to that part is that I do think sharing is super important, right? Um, and not necessarily to get feedback, but more from the sharing of art with other people, just for the sake of sharing art with other people. Like in the documentary "To Spring from the Hand," there's a, a moment where they focus on where Paulus is making these beautiful envelopes and cards to send to people, and it's just for the sheer joy of sharing that stuff, right? And, and I think that's one of the best things that art can bring to the world is just to give people a little bit of joy or a uh, sense of wonder and yeah. connection and all yeah. those things. Yeah, totally. I think of someone like Emily Dickinson or Hilma. Uh, of Clint. Yeah. And just that they didn't release their work until they were gone. Wow. Which is, it's hard to imagine sometimes, right? But at the same time, I think of all the joy I think of the joy that we got when we went to see the uh, the Hilma exhibit oh, up at the Guggenheim, and and just it was almost like a little pilgrimage and a spiritual little thing as you wind up the the ramps and just. But you, she did have a cadre of people that she shared it with. That's true, and yeah. shared her beliefs and belief system and all that kind of stuff with. And it wasn't like she wasn't trying to put it out there at some point, right? Wasn't she? She was working with people who were. Oh, actually, it's a really good, I mean, it's really fits in with this because she shared her work with that dude. I'm not going to remember his name. <laughs> the jerk, we'll call him. But yeah, exactly. And he was like, no, you know, like this. And then didn't he start ripping He's off? He's not good. And then he, yeah, he started stealing it. Oh. So stealing like an artist doesn't mean being an ass, right. just so you know. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's really cool. We'll point that out, uh, you know, that sharing has its hazards. But 
<laughs> you can't. Be, but you can't think about whether right. someone's going to steal. You're like, yeah. And I'm, I'm rereading Audre Lorde right now, and she had such a great quote about, there are no new ideas, just new ways to make them felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that idea that you can't, nobody can steal your stuff. That's right. They can borrow they can a concept. They can imitate it. They can take the concept. They can whatever, but they don't have your experiences. They don't. Yeah. You, you brought it up earlier about sharing ideas. And I love that because, you know, I think there's always, especially in this day and age where you feel like everyone's doing the thing that you're doing. If you go online, it's like, oh, there are 65 billion science fiction <laughs> fantasy writers that are 40 billion painters, you know, yep. and it's like. But there's enough for everybody. And, and to your point just now, you know, whatever, if I take, if you and I take the same concept and then we both set about using the same medium to try and express that concept, it's going to be totally different unless one of us is actually literally copying. Off the other. <laughs> and even then, right, one's going to be like stilted and wooden because it's copying and the other one's going to just be what it is. And, yeah. And so I love that because I feel like just like a creative practice, the more you do it, the more you're ready to do it. But sharing and talking about ideas, just like concepts, especially in the science fiction world, it's like, oh, yeah, I got this guy and he's got like a fish for a mouth and, you know, whatever. It's just some <laughs> weird, weird stuff. But, you know, if you're with the people who have a similar whatever aesthetic vibe, it's just fun because, man, inevitably, and this, I, I always find that other people's ideas always seem way better than mine, but, uh, you, you know, it's still all how you execute it. But anyway, I think the more you kind of work through things by talking about them, the more you get better at that. And then the more ideas that come out of those conversations that you would have never thought about if you were just in your own little silo thinking about it. You know, I mean, there's a reason we read books for inspiration or look at art for inspiration. It's not because we want to copy it. We want to know what possibilities are out there. This idea that your stuff has to be super original to be successful is isn't not true, frankly. Right. And so, well, you know, I mentioned last time that I'm sort of digging, uh, dipping into poetry a little bit, trying to figure yeah. out because I've always been a closet poet, you know, writing angsty poems when I was 15 and roses are red, violets are blue kind of stuff when I was very young. Those were always the Mother's Day cards Absolutely. that I made for my mom and stuff like that. I even have one uh, still nice. from 1976. All right. Uh, but Anyway, I was reading a little article about poetry, and this teacher in teaching her poetry unit has them do imitative poetry. So you're actually taking a famous poem, and you are changing the words, but you're using exactly the same rhythm and the Mm -hmm. same number of lines and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, yeah, of course. You can start there That's right. and sort of get a feel for the whole and try a whole bunch of different ones. Don't just get stuck on one. And that's an example of sharing. So people have put all this stuff out on the Internet Yeah, that can be really useful. Like that was a very useful article for me to go read. You know, she's a middle school yeah. teacher or something talking about how she teaches her process, but it's helping me work on an artistic process. Well, and that's perfect segue to the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, that's enough. Are people ready? <laughs> well, no, like, and that's that was sort of our whole impetus for starting this podcast was to to share our experience in the hopes that it'd be useful or at least you know get the wheels turning and stuff for people. And um, I think that while yes, you should be doing your art for you and all that kind of stuff, don't be afraid to share your work. Right. Be willing to get it out there and. You're never going to please everybody with your stuff anyway, so don't worry if it's, you know, if it's not hitting with everybody. Yeah. Um, but also, 
you know, try and be as objective as possible before you share and, and know why you're sharing. And, and also, is it time to share? That's Yes. Which is a tough one, right? I mean, you know, there's no right answer for that. But if you have a reason to share that's beyond just strokes and, and ego, <laughs> right. it's going to be a, the right time for that particular thing. It's like, hey, I got to this point. I'm either stuck or I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction and I just need a little feedback. Our old friend Austin Cleon. Oh, yeah, that uh, guy. Yes. He addresses that, you know, the asking yourself before you share anything, oh, right is it useful? Is it interesting? You know, so that you know that you're not just putting it out there for ego purposes, but... I guess that's it. It's offering value. Right. Yes. So that it's not just a total vampiric relationship with the people you're sharing with. <laughs> just tell me more about my stuff. Just tell me more, you know... And, uh, Enough about me. How do you like my hair? <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, so, you know, ideally you can find those people that to do that with, they're all over the place and out there. And um, sometimes it takes time to build those little communities. But for science fiction fantasy writers, there's an awesome online writers workshop that you can sign up for. It's a way to engage with other writers who are kind of in the same, you know, if you're just getting started or, you, you know, you have finished works that you want to get critiques with it, but you don't have a, a regular writing group. It's a great way to put stuff out there for that exact purpose, because that's why people go to that site. Yeah. And Facebook has several groups like that. Making Abstract Art, I think, is one that people just share their stuff and then nice. give each other feedback. And Yeah. Well, cool. We'll get in there, make some stuff, share it, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Creative Double Shot. See ya. <laughs>